you're listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with Anna Charles, episode 46. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic, but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Got a cracking episode for you today. It's actually something that I used to noodle over for many an hour when I was back in the day, when I was still there with my glass of Chablis, my French Chablis that I used to like. Yeah, so I really, this is all about um, learning how to not finish what's in your glass, right? So back in the day, I used to just be really, really intrigued and interested by people who seem to be able to just take or leave alcohol. So I would go out to bars and restaurants and you'd see people and they'd have a glass of wine and they'd kind of say, that was enough, right? Or they'd even, gosh, this was quite a thing, I used to think, they'd, they'd leave a glass half drunk, right? They'd have half a glass and then that was it. Or they'd leave some left in the bottle they wouldn't be talking about who was going to take the bottle home and was there a cork you could stuff in the top or did you still have the screw cap so you could take it home, right? That would be me running around looking for that. So there would be me thinking that or wondering you know, where the next class would be coming from, especially if I was in the vibe, if I was in a great time, you know, big table, lots of friends. And I'd be doing that and then there would be those people, they'd be sitting there with so much ease, they seem to be having a lovely time. They'd be joining in and they'd be leaving wine in their glass. And they seemed so peaceful. And I just used to wonder how on earth was that possible? I just used to think, well, they just must have, you know, tremendous willpower. And I didn't, of course, a little bit of judgment going on there. But then I would really actually spend more time just asking how did they do that? And actually I would sometimes ask them and they would just say, well, I you know, just don't want it, right? And that would never kind of answer things for me. It just seemed like such an out of reach concept for me to stop before the evening was over or to even leave some wine in the glass. It was so out of reach until it wasn't. So I thought that would be a great topic for the podcast because I bet there's many of you out there who maybe perhaps are wondering the same thing. All will be revealed. So the first thing I'll say, and if you've been listening to me, listening to the podcast for a while, you'll have heard me say this, and that's that your drinking doesn't just happen. You don't just reach for a drink without something going on in your brain even if you don't realize it. And if you've been drinking for a while, it's likely to be something that's pretty automatic, pretty quick, that's happening up there in your mind. So it's completely understandable that you might not recognize what's going on. But what people who work with me start to discover and what I start to discover is that there really are these unconscious thoughts happening. They're kind of just running on automatic pilot. So how that would show up for me would be I'd be drinking a glass of wine and even if I realized in the moment that actually I didn't really want to finish the glass, I kind of had that slightly woo feeling in my stomach and I knew I didn't really want any more. 
I would have the thought, well, that's just not the done thing. So I would drink up or I'd think, well, I've already poured myself the glass, right? So I may as well not waste it. Or I'd even look at the bottle. I'd take it a step further. I'd look at the bottle and think to myself, well, there's only a little bit left, right? I might as well finish it. Don't want it to go to waste. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but these were all waypoints that were showing the way the pattern was unfolding and developing and building in my brain. This is a really, really important piece to understand. It's important to recognize that your drinking doesn't just happen. But what happens is we don't we don't either recognize that or give that uh, the nod that we should. And we tend to approach this so backwards. And it's with actually forethought that I wanted this podcast episode in Sober October when so much of the month is about kind of just, you know, with brute force, willpowering your way through the month, not drinking. And that's what we do when we have this sort of, we want to um, be able to leave a glass half finished or not drink everything that's in it. We approach it backwards by just approaching it from an action perspective, right? From a perspective of willpower and gritting our teeth and really determining, you know, we're not gonna drink, right? So this is the action of drinking that we are tackling. And the fact of the matter is that those things can work for a little while absolutely but they don't work in the long run and what I want and offer for my clients and for all of you lovely listeners wherever you may be to this podcast is I want you to be able to affect permanent change in your drinking whether you'd want to moderate or give up entirely right so so using willpower and just tackling the action of drinking is not going to have those long-term results here's why Here's what I learned. If you want to learn how to stop finishing what's in front of you, or at least to not kind of just drink drink up automatically or polish off the bottle, you have to be able to see why you're doing that in the first place or what's driving you. Now, I was brought up in in a kind of, you know, it's a clean plate club. You were served food and you ate it up. Well, we didn't, we weren't poor, but we didn't have an awful lot of money to go around or to spare. So whatever you were served, you ate. And the same was true, you know, with whatever we were drinking as children, you, you drank up, you just did. It was rude not to, and besides it made cleaning up easier, right? You didn't have to throw stuff down the sink. Now, as I graduated into becoming an adult, I started just doing the same thing automatically with wine. And I did it even when it didn't taste so good. Right, so I, I used to drink white wine, as I've often mentioned, right? French Chablis, that really was my thing. And I used to think it was so yummy and delicious. But there would come a point, invariably during a really long lunch, my goodness, we used to have the longest of lunches, or on a long night out, when it just started tasting what I used to call it, it used to taste very whiny, right? Kind of a nasty, tanniny type sense in your mouth maybe you've experienced the same thing in fact I remember one New Year's Eve I wanted I decided I was going to combat this because because whenever I would feel that I just really wouldn't enjoy the drinking but I still wanted to drink right enjoyed the concept of drinking not the actual thing by so one New Year's Eve I decided ahead of time I was just going to drink I was going to swap out the wine for grapefruit juice 
and vodka. No, of course, it didn't occur to me to not have any alcohol instead, which would have been a smart call. Anyhow, so whether I still like the taste of the drink or not, for years, I would just simply drink up, right? I would just finish what was in my glass. And then if the bottle, you know, got to the point where there was just that little bit in it, not for, not really enough for another glass, you know, I'd, I'd happily take that too. And I'd finish bottles. Oh gosh, it's almost embarrassing to say here, even just because it would make a little bit more room in the fridge. Why do you want to store a bottle in the fridge that's got maybe, you know, half an inch of wine in it when you could have a whole brand new bottle cooling, chilling for the next day? Yeah, of all the reasons. So I started to really look at why I had this behavior because I realized I needed to understand what was going on behind the scenes, right? So I could really fix this at the root cause. And I learned it really has nothing to do with there being something wrong with your brain or with this running, this sort of behavior running in your family. It has all to do with these unconscious thoughts and feelings that are motivating the action. Simple as that. And for many of you, like me, you're going to discover that you've been practicing this for a really, really long time. Makes it something that you do super well. You're very adept at it. But the cool thing is, this is really the best thing about my work and I'm blown away by it actually every single day and working with people, that you're totally possible for you to learn new skills. And not finishing what's in your class is a skill you can learn, right? It was one I wanted to learn and I did. Now, I don't care how old you are, your brain's ability to change and form new neural pathways and learn new skills, it's phenomenal and you have that, you have access to that today. So if you're in this position of not want, of wanting to not finish what's in your glass, right now, while you're listening to the podcast, maybe be a little careful if you're driving, but take yourself there in your mind, right? Take yourself back to a previous lunch or a dinner or something, or even maybe just chilling at home where you had that half glass and you didn't really want it in your heart of hearts, but you still felt compelled to finish it. Take yourself there and then ask yourself what comes up for you, right? Take yourself to that position. How are you feeling? And I can tell you, I would feel really super uncomfortable. It would almost feel so awful to have the drink there in front of me and to not drink it. Even when I was sort of, it felt like Jekyll and Hyde, right? I, part of me didn't want to, but part of me just really had strong desire to finish the rest of the glass, especially if someone had bought it for me. That was really an Achilles heel for me. And I, I hear this from so many people right, from so many people who reach out to me. And I actually remember very clearly this one time, it was a Christmas lunch and we were in this fancy restaurant, right? I think it's the top of the Hilton Hotel in London. It's got this gorgeous view over London and it was just prior to Christmas and we were having a wonderful time with some good friends. And one of my friends um, bought as you know it was a, it was a total gift it was this was meant with the, the best of intentions he bought this very special bottle of um sweet dessert wine to go to go with puddings i don't even remember exactly what it was anyway it was this special thing it wasn't this huge bottle and he got it in with great flourish sort of you know just poured a glass for everyone didn't even ask just poured a glass for everyone and 
I didn't want it. I didn't want it because I'd had enough. I don't particularly care for sweet wine anyway, but I just didn't want it. And, you know, I said it was really super uncomfortable. I said I didn't want it, but he still poured it for me anyway. Right, how often does that happen? I said, then I'm faced with this glass and I, you know, I was just going to sip at it. But then I was like, well, drink up, come on, we're all going to drink up. And it wasn't so much the peer pressure that was going on, but it was me. Right. I was thinking, this is dreadful. You're being dreadfully rude to this friend. You're being dreadfully rude to uh, not want to join in with the experience. And they put so much you know, thought in. It's just a wonderful surprise. Everyone else was jolly and happy and so on. But at the bottom of it all, it felt terribly wasteful to not drink it. In that moment, I saw that with crystal clear clarity. Wasteful. That was my overriding emotion wasteful and perhaps a little guilty with a feeling a little bit of party pooper thrown in right not wanting to join in with this this special dessert wine drinking thing that was going on so that's the first thing I urge you to check in and realize right find out if you want to break this habit of just going along with the flow and automatically finishing what's in your glass and what's in front of you the first step is to understand what's going on Right now, for me, I said it was these these feelings of guilt and wastefulness. For you, it could be something completely different. But somewhere, whatever it is, there's going to be this feeling that you've got because of this story that you're running in your mind. And the story, for instance, for me, that I hated the not finishing stuff and I felt terrible, I didn't like it. That was what was driving my action. So that's the place to start. Once you get there, you start to see the next layer of the story that's lurking belief, and I'll cover that in a minute. But see, the power of doing this is that you're actually looking to yourself for guidance. I realized that prior to this work, what I was doing was I always seemed to be assessing whether I'd had enough by the state of my glass. (laughs) Sounds mad now, right? But if my glass was empty, well, that was me finished, right? Done for the evening. But if there was still some to drink, well, I was still going, even if that last glass I didn't maybe want at all. And of course, this didn't factor in large glasses, small glasses, anything. If there was liquid there, you know, I was I was still going because I was just finished on on, focused on finishing the glass and that being the next decision point for me. Right. Then do I want another glass after that? Right. Each glass was a decision point rather than checking in and figuring out had I had enough. So I said just now, you find out why, and then you can start to see if there are any layers and patterns lurking beneath. I had one, right? Because I found that it was intriguing, actually. My brain just got super creative. It tried to actually start to harness my dislike and fear of being wasteful and use that against me. How did it do this? Because I remember taking the decision. I'm laughing now, but my word, yeah, this was this was super serious. I really thought about this at the time. I remember trying to limit my drinking by only buying the good stuff, right? That if I knew that the bottles of wine I was buying were more expensive, I wouldn't lug it down quite so much. So I'd be less likely to be in a position where I'd feel I had to finish my glass because, you know, I wouldn't, I'd have been drinking maybe more slowly 
and you know, thinking about the cost maybe a little bit of, of what it was costing, that never worked. Um, and I'd be less likely to get to a point where I wanted to stop and I still had something less in my glass. So that was what I tried for a while. But if anything, ironically, it only made things worse because what happened was I really enjoyed the good stuff. Now in white wine, my experience of white wine, which again was my go-to drink, the cheap stuff, it might not taste quite so good, but if you cool it down enough, <laughs> you know, just really chill it, bung it in the freezer for a bit, uh, it can taste fine, right? You can make, because you're actually not tasting it at, at, that, at that stage. But then when you get something that's much more expensive and you know, more curated and rested and all the rest of it, really could taste super, super nice. So if anything, I, I just wanted to drink more of the good stuff, right? So I inevitably got into the situations when I knew, I was back to that situation where I was, I knew I'd had enough, even though my glass was empty, but I had drank more than before because it was nicer. And now I had this really, really expensive or special thing that I was trying to leave in my glass. And that I was telling myself was even more wasteful. So I kind of taken this, the concept of I can't leave what's in my glass because it's wasteful and supersized it, if you like, right? Because I drank more because the wine was more delicious. And then I was even more repelled at the idea of not finishing what was in my glass. And of course, I didn't see any of that at the time. But then finally, when I did, here's the, here's the thing that I realized. I was so fixated on it being wasteful to not consume the thing that I didn't in many times didn't want to want to consume, which was to finish the glass. I didn't see how wasteful I was being to myself and to my future. I didn't look at how expensive this behavior was to me. How I was wasting my life, teaching my brain that the thing to do is just to go ahead and finish what's in front of me, whether I wanted it or not, right? Or that I was simply not questioning, why shouldn't I ever pour the glass away? Why can't I just pour it down the sink if I don't want it? I mean, I used to drink white wine, like I said, and if it ever got to not tasting so nice because it had really warmed up, what I'd do instead was to put an ice cube in a half-drunk glass. Or if I was at home, I'd even go ahead, get up, put it in the fridge, right? Put my half-drunk glass in the fridge uh, to let it cool down, <laughs> to make it nicer to drink. Uh, rather than just saying it's warm, I've had enough, right? I would have these all these ways of dealing with this, all these um, these processes. At the time, I just didn't realize how expensive a story this was for me to perpetuate in my life. I mean, I had my brain really working, right, to make that happen for me. It was very much on the side of, yeah, let's carry on down this path, Anna, of always finishing what's in your drink. I didn't see it was a waste of my life. I didn't see it was a waste to drink to the point where it wasn't feeling good or even tasting good. But that notwithstanding, it was still that I didn't see, it was still a waste of my life to just be making that habit that little bit stronger every time I perpetuated this behavior. And then of course, I didn't see the next layer of impact of not just being able to walk away uh, from the half glass or whatever it was that was left in there that would get often get to the point would tip me over the edge from being tipsy to drunk. I used to hate that, right? I used to really watch out for that and then, of course, the more you drink, the more I would drink in an evening, there would be those other 
other impacts that would invariably come like a, a nastier hangover and so on in the morning right so we, what tends to happen in the moment we don't see the broader we don't see any of these broader impacts that come from the judgment that we are making at the time we should just kind of finish what's in front of us we don't think about any of that now i'm not the sober police i have clients who just want to moderate and that's perfectly fine Perhaps they want to go to fancy events or want to reserve the right to drink when something super special is put in front of them. Perhaps, you know, once in a lifetime want to, want to taste wine or maybe even just wants to drink regularly on, on a Friday or whatever. I see no problem with that. And I don't see either any problem with caring about how things are produced. So if you do say things like, well, I just, you know, just only want to drink on special occasions where maybe there's, you know, this, this super expensive champagne around. But, it's always a but, I urge you to start to understand how some of those stories may be preventing you from stopping when you've had enough, right? Or from stopping and just letting there be some left in the glass or some left in the bottle, if that's appropriate at the time. If you want to be able to stop finishing what's in your glass automatically, what's in front of you, you have to be just so curious about all of this. And then you'll start to really see that those are the stories that are driving your consumption. And instead of just blindly following those stories, start to trust yourself and start to use yourself as a measure for when you've had enough. And you could do this very simply. You could just start checking in with yourself to see how you're feeling. Rather than looking at your glass and saying, well, or, or even just sort of automatically calculating we're going to finish when it's empty. So you see, it's totally possible to learn how to be someone who can just stop. How to be someone who can just not polish off everything that's in the glass or to be the one who doesn't hand out their glass when there's a few drips left in the bottle. You know, who wants, who wants to finish the bottle? It doesn't have to be you how it's possible for you to start that third glass of wine, but then learn to say, no, actually, I don't want this. It, you know, I made a mistake. And to just pour out what's left over. And you do that by learning from what's going on in your mind and figuring out what you're thinking and feeling about what you're consuming. This is why one of the first steps I encourage people to do when they say they want to change their relationship with alcohol is to simply become hyper-conscious. See what's going on when they're in the middle of the habit. See what patterns are unfolding. Understand what's driving their behavior. So that's what I want you to work on today. I want you to ask what's going on in your mind when you find yourself finishing a glass, when you know it's really not what you want, or even if you think it doesn't at that point taste good. Do this with curiosity, right? Don't judge yourself. I hear so many people say, well, I'm such an idiot. What am I doing? What was I doing? I didn't know what I was thinking. I've been here so many times before. I hear that so often, but I'm offering now. It just doesn't help. Judging yourself like that doesn't help and isn't necessary. Instead, be as curious as George and you'll be on your way. So that's the end of today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed this super spicy episode. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast and you are ready to be done with the chatter and with all the daily negotiation with your brain as to what you will or won't drink tonight, then let's talk. I'm currently building out my calendar for the remainder of 2022. And if you think there's a spot with your name on it, let me know. 
we can hold a free consultation call where I'll lay out the process for you to reach your goals. This is a decision point where you can decide to make this your last ever sober October. And instead next year, you will just have October. Wouldn't that be a novelty? And it's really super fun. See you next week. If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.